0: This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano and this is the show for engineers who want to succeed in both work and life. In today's episode, I'm going to talk with two engineering executives from Big Red Dog Engineering and Consulting, and we're going to talk about the concept of a flywheel. It's an awesome concept. It's one that I think as an engineer, you'll really enjoy talking about getting momentum going in your career. Not only will we talk about how these two gentlemen have used this fairly simple concept to build a leading engineering company. In the Take Action Today segment, actually, they're going to talk about building your own personal engineering career flywheel. We're just thrilled to have these guys. Will Schneer has been a real good friend of the engineering career coach. He served as a panelist at our summit that we had in Austin, Texas. He's going to serve as the keynote speaker for our summit that we're having this year, which is going to be in New Orleans, May 12th. Mark your calendars. And if you're interested, we still have some early access tickets. Very affordable and available for about a week and a half left at engineeringcareersummit.com, so check that out. Before we get into this main segment of the show and talk about flywheels, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're thinking about taking the FE, PE, or SE exam this year, I recommend that you check out PPI, the Leader in Engineering Exam Preparation. For a special 15% discount, use promo code COACH at passcom forward slash COACH. Again, that's ppi, the number two, pass.com forward slash COACH. And use the promo code COACH at checkout for a 15% discount on your order. All right, let me give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us into the main segment of the show. And the quote is from Annie Dillard. Your work is to keep cranking the flywheel that turns the gears that spin the belt in the engine of belief that keeps you and your desk in mid air. Let's do it. All right, now it's time for the main segment of our show. For today's main segment, I have two young, aggressive engineering executives here with me, which I'm excited to kind of just have a conversation with these guys. They're from one of the fastest growing engineering consulting firms, I I could say in Texas, or maybe even in the United States, Big Red Dog Engineering Consulting. I have both Will Schneer and Russell Yeager with me. Uh, Will was recently on an episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast back in episode 13, which had quite a good response, just talking about business development and and building a a career in general. Today, we're going to get into a whole other conversation uh, about a topic of the flywheel theory, which we'll dive into in a second. But let me formally introduce the guest to you. Will Schneer is the chief executive officer of Big Red Dog Engineering Consulting. Will received his bachelor's of science in civil engineering from Purdue University and co-founded Big Red Dog Engineering and Consulting in 2009. Since starting the firm in 2009, Big Red Dog has grown to over 100 team members with offices in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Big Red Dog has garnered awards for being one of the 50 fastest-growing companies in Texas and an ENR Top 100 design firm in Texas and Louisiana. Schneer is the author of two publications, Land Subdivision, A Practical Guide for Central Texas, and The Book on Licensing Agreements in the City of Austin. Russell Yeager is the Vice President in Big Red Dog San Antonio office. He is responsible for managing the firm's existing and prospective clients, overseeing the performance of project design teams, steering the Big Red Dog brand marketing strategy, and spearheading community outreach and volunteer efforts. Russell is extremely well-versed in the project review ad-permitting process, having worked closely in with city and county review staff, neighborhood associations, environmental groups, and public boards and councils in San Antonio and the surrounding areas. His professional experience includes site planning, engineering design, and project management for national retail brands and apartment developers. So with that, let's jump in right in with these guys. Welcome to the show, gentlemen.
1: Thank you. Thanks.
0: So let's just get right into this conversation. We talked a little bit when we had you on the show last time we were on the Civil Podcast. You mentioned the idea of just getting on and doing another show about this flywheel theory. Why don't one of you guys just kind of start off and maybe introduce the theory to the listeners and just what it's all about.
1: When you talk about a flywheel, take it back to the very basics. What is a flywheel? It's typically represented as a very heavy mass or wheel in a machine that is turned slowly at first and over time at a faster pace, but basically increasing the momentum of the flywheel over time, which translates to a reserve of power for the machine that the flywheel is powering, a reserve of power to be used during times when power is out or when there's an interruption of delivery of the power mechanism. The flywheel is a heavy mass that keeps spinning regardless of the power source because it has so much momentum behind it. So when we translate that to civil engineering context or a business context, When we talk about a flywheel, what we're talking about really is a process or a thought process and an action process that creates what we call in our firm positive momentum over time creating a flywheel in effect that really lends itself to strengthening a business, building a business, creating more relationships, creating a greater source of deal flow, greater sources of deal flow and greater volume of deal flow as a result of the efforts that you've put into getting your flywheel going in the first place. We, Russell and I, had adapted the concept in our firm because we had read about it in a book by Jim Collins called Good to Great, and then more recently in a book called Amazon.com, The Everything Store, which came out more recently than the Jim Collins book. But uh, when you talk about Amazon.com and their flywheel, we can go into what, comprises how they think about their business and how they think about business development. And then we can translate it into what Russell and I have adapted to use at our firm and that would work at many other firms nationwide in multiple business lines, not just civil engineering or engineering in general.
0: Can one of you guys give me an example, practical example, maybe in whether it's your company or just engineering in general, of kind of what you said, Will, about... You know, when things aren't powering or aren't rolling full steam, there's still some reserves. Do you have any examples of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Off the top of my head, the, the number one example is when we're busy, like when the economy is doing well, like it is right now in 2015. Here we are in October 2015. We have record low unemployment in the country, record low unemployment in Texas, unemployment's just over 3% in the city of Austin in particular. I think it's just over 4% in San Antonio where Russell's sitting. So in a time like this engineers tend to be overbooked. They've committed themselves on more projects and on behalf of more clients than perhaps they would under in a market that's less frenzied than this market. So if an engineer's got more projects and more clients to manage than he has historically, What's going to keep the new leads coming in? What's going to keep the new business coming in? Well, we built up this flywheel that had this incredible momentum for the last five years. We've done a whole lot of marketing, a whole lot of relationship building, a whole lot of prospecting, a whole lot of leadership in organizations. And all of those things keep going, you know, even though we may not go to an organizational event tonight or this week or next week. We didn't do enough of them to keep that part of our flywheel going for times when we are busier. You know, even though we don't have time to have lunch with every client we want to this week or this month, you know, we've met with our clients frequently enough that we're still on top of mind. Pushing every time you meet with somebody, you're pushing that flywheel a little faster. So really the practical example of it working is when you're not pushing it anymore, yet leads are still coming in, people are still picking up the phone and calling you. You still have inbound leads coming into your company, and that's a result of the flywheel that's still spinning in the background, even though you're not pushing it at the exact moment.
0: So basically, you're putting practices into place like business development uh, strategies, like you said, going to events, meeting with people. and You're doing that on a consistent basis to the point that if you were to be able to do it for a certain reason for a period of time, it's not necessarily going to slow the company down because the all of the work that was previously put in is still paying rewards. Is that right?
1: That's it. You got it. Perfect. Well, Russell and I have developed a flywheel specific to generating more inbound leads. How do you create the momentum within your firm to have more inbound leads coming in? Number one is more meals with prospects. The more prospects and clients that you're taking out to lunch having coffee with having a happy hour with the stronger your relationships are the wider your network is the more ability you have to pick up on the market intelligence and figure out what's happening out in your market so apart from more meals with prospects more organizations if you're active in more professional organizations like ASCE, like ACEA, like the Urban Land Institute the wider your network is The more mentions your company name gets because you're active in the organization and the more prominent your own personal name becomes within that market. All of those things contribute to being able to generate more inbound leads. The third thing that we push on our flywheel is more leadership roles. Russell serves on several boards or commissions. I serve on several boards and commissions. Many other team members of ours uh, do the same. And similar to being active, just active in an organization as a member, the more leadership roles you fill in an organization, the greater volume of potential leads you're going to be exposed to. Fourth thing is to refer others more. We talked about it, Anthony, in the last podcast we did specific to business development. But if you want to have a steady stream of referrals coming in, you have to be creating a steady stream of referrals going out. You have to help others be successful and then they will in turn help you be successful. But you can't walk up to anybody and ask them to help you without being or willing or proactively helping them. And then the final thing on this flywheel, which we call the more leads flywheel, is more relationships. The prospects, the organizations, the leadership roles, the referrals all lead to more relationships. If you think about the trend I'm giving you is more, 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 more. If you want more leads, you don't go out and cold call more. You do other things that bring inbound leads in, more meals with prospects, more organizations, more leadership roles, more referrals to other people, and more relationships. And you start pushing that wheel, you know, it's real slow at first, but over time, if this becomes a matter of practice for you, that more leads flywheel is going to be spinning so fast that even if you stop doing those things for a week or two because you're so busy, those leads are still going to come in. And... Russell and I have seen work tremendously in both the Austin office and San Antonio office. It's amazing how many companies in our industry use a Rainmaker sales model instead of a more passive systematic sales model. If a Rainmaker leaves your firm, you lost all the sales ability that that person has. The way we've built our sales mechanism is that it's our sales process is not dependent on any one individual. If Russell or I left the firm tomorrow, the sales of our firm would continue unabated.
0: That's interesting. I'm going to switch over to Russell here to get his take. But before I do, I just want to mention to everybody that we'll have a, a, obviously a show notes on our website with a summary of the conversation we're going to have here today, which I'll give you the info for at the end of the show. But we're going to put any the examples, the books that Will or Russell mentioned. I also found a great video on Jim Collins' website talking a little bit about the flywheel theory. And just real quick, I'll, I'll share this with you because it might help as we go through the conversation, similar to kind of what Will was saying. What he said in his video was that when they did the book Good to Great, they analyzed a lot of companies and they were looking for the point in time when the company went from good to great, meaning that, you know, they really started to take off. And the, this one company that they looked at, I think they were in business for about 10 years before they took off. And he said, if you looked at their, you know, their growth on a chart, it was pretty much the same to moderate for the first 10 years. But then literally it was like one date, like June 30th, 1970 something. It immediately started to take off and just go up and up and up and up and up every year. And it's kind of along the lines of what Will was saying. They were pushing the flywheel for a certain period of time. So slowly, momentum gathers and gathers until it gets to a point where it really starts to take off, and that can kind of give you a little bit of a, a visual on it. All right, Russell, let's let you come in here and talk a little bit about I guess your perspective on the flywheel, why you like it so much, and you know how you've been able to apply it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm in a little bit more of an operational type of role than will, although I do sales here in the San Antonio market, and one of the things I wanted to try and see is. What areas of our business push on each other? So just like Will was talking about, you know, anywhere where you push on the flywheel, it's going to continue to move. Well, where does that push on different points in our business operationally? For example, you know, for me, when I took a look at the operational side being training, you know, building the business as far as uh, putting the right people in place, and producing plans and getting those out the door in a quality manner. I mean, those things do help us with our sales process, but it also has its own internal flywheel kind of in the office. And what I wanted to see was where those two flywheels intersected. Those locations, to me, seemed to be extremely critical, making sure we had the right people in the positions that intersect these places in the flywheel. And so one of the things that I, in drawing mine, that I really wanted to connect was As we earn this work, what's the benefit internal to our operational process? And what I kind of found when I started to really think about it was that if you put the right people in place, it adds a lot of efficiency in your office, which can increase revenue and the amount of profit that you have to then go develop either better training methods, new innovative lines of service, additional locations where we can provide our business services, and really, that all comes back into right people, which comes from having more work. And that was one of the key places where I saw you know, all of our marketing and everything that we do, if we use that additional revenue that we generate from all the leads that Will was talking about, and we transition it into finding and training the right people, it actually continues to push our flywheel in both directions, both internally and externally, because those right people will push our culture to be more innovative and push our business to grow. And so I wanted to make sure that I found the right people in those key places where these two flywheels intersected. And that's one of the things that I continue to think about and I continue to use it for training and as a mechanism when we're recruiting our staff to make sure that I'm thinking about where in this position is this person going to go and how is that going to affect the movement of our our growth and the movement of the flywheel, if you will, in all aspects?
0: That's interesting. So basically what you're saying is when you look at your flywheels, and it sounds like you guys obviously have multiple flywheels like operations, business development, you know, whatever, however they lay out. But basically if you look at them and then you look at where they overlap, the overlapping areas are obviously these critical kind of – I don't know if you call eighty twenty, 80-20, but like critical areas where that if you get the right people that are working on that portion of the flywheel, they're impacting multiple segments of the company. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay.
1: You got it. And we do have multiple flywheels, but they all circle around growth and quality of the growth.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But you take one general flywheel and everything that comes off on spokes, you can create a flywheel for each individual spoke. So, you know... I talk about growth. Well, I jumped right into more leads. Russell talked about growth and he jumped right into having the right people and the right training and everything else. And, you know, all of those things, more leads, right people, right training lead to growth, but happy customers lead to growth. So, what Russell was talking about, having the right people in place lead to happy customers, lead to the ability to hire more of the right people to the ability to have more people out generating leads, et cetera, et cetera. You can see this wheel starting to move faster and faster as we talk about these things.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And, you know, I guess another question that I have for you guys is there's obviously tons of different models and leadership methods and approaches and and building companies and building businesses, even someone building their career. This flywheel seems is nice because it seems like it's it's powerful yet it's not extremely complicated. I mean you can literally take a piece of paper and draw a flywheel, it sounds like for anything. And when when we get into this next segment here in a minute, maybe we'll maybe we'll just do a real basic one that we can come up with something for to lay it out for the for the listeners. But basically, I guess my question to you guys is it seems like a powerful tool. Now, how do you take that tool and how do you use it in that when you guys have your meetings together with, you know, your manager meetings over the case of be, do you, do you review the flywheel progress? Do you talk about it with your staff? Like, how does it, how does it fit into like your day-to-day operations, this whole flywheel process?
1: It gets tied into our business plan, our operational processes, our marketing processes in multiple ways. We don't visit every week across the company and talk about our flywheel but on broad strokes, the leadership team from the project managers up to the CEO, which is that group alone comprises about 25% of our company. They're aware of the flywheel concept, and they're aware of the, how those concepts got in, have been incorporated into our business plan and into our processes. So they're executed at a very local level in a very fragmented manner, but cumulatively, it's all pushing on the flywheel. One person in Russell's office isn't doing all of the lead generation flywheel activities. One person in in any, any other office isn't doing all of the client outreach opportunities, all of the training requirements. All of that is pushed on by multiple people across the company at multiple times. And it goes right back to what Russell said is, having the right people in place the best theory and the best systems and the best processes in the world don't work if you don't have the people that can execute it so you know it's one thing for Russell and I to put people in a position to succeed but it's a whole other thing when they actually step forward themselves and succeed within the framework that we built that's really the key step is on an individual level people appreciating what needs to be done whether it's for growth lead generation Generating raving fans, which is our happy clients, being able to execute those on an individual level consistently and perpetually. And the bigger you get, the more people that are pushing on that wheel, the faster it goes.
0: Russell, how about you? From your perspective, as far as using the flywheel, is it something like for you personally? Do you do you look at it on a regular basis? Do you have them like with you on your desk or on your computer? How does that look?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I have a whole section of my uh, the closest bookshelf to me that has all kinds of business training and business leadership and Big Red Dog information that I use to kind of guide how the company is going to move forward. And I think Will made a good point. Is To me, it's a framework that when I go start thinking about the next steps, what's the next steps for San Antonio or the next steps for a certain business line that we are working on? I pull information out like this and say, how does this fit into the flywheel that we've created? How does this fit into making this thing continue to move forward and make sure that I stay within the framework and I don't try and short circuit the process or add additional steps? I mean, I think one of the complicated things about growing a company quickly is trying not to overcomplicate the process. You know, it's very easy to just add a lot of additional steps in that really aren't necessary, and this actually helps us to know we've kind of drawn out the shortest distance between two spots here on this flywheel. Let's make sure that we keep it that way. We don't overcomplicate it, and we allow, just like Will said, a decentralized way of training people to where anybody can touch this flywheel and push it forward. If I make it too complicated, I'm limiting other people's ability to be successful with the flywheel, and I'm isolating that activity to myself. And that's a really good way to slow down growth. And so I think for me, it's just making sure that we keep it simple. We don't overcomplicate it. And I use this as sort of the framework. If I'm going to put any new policies or new people in place, how do they fit within this network to continue to move things forward?
0: That's really interesting. So basically, just to kind of recap that, when you have to make a decision for the company, whether it's to hire someone take on a new project, open a new office, you kind of can look at this dashboard of flywheels and say, how is this decision going to impact, you know, our flywheels, which is essentially how is it going to impact the different aspects of the company? Yeah, I think
2: it's a great place to start. Obviously, we have lots of conversations when we grow the company about how and why, but I think this set of flywheels makes sure that whatever we do connects to our underlying business goals and to our main value proposition, which is what these flywheels continue to grow. So we don't add some line of business that, although it sounds great, doesn't connect in with what we're trying to accomplish overall.
0: All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to jump into our take action today segment of the show, and we'll give you an example flywheel in a moment. All right. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And today I still have uh, Russell Yeager and Will Schneer here with me from Big Red Dog Engineering Consulting. We're talking about flywheels. And in the Take Action Today segment, we always like to give you something that's actionable. You listen to the show, you get a whole bunch of information, but how can you distill it down and actually use it in your career? So we're going to try to give you a wheel that you can use or help you build kind of a, a wheel to help you move up in your company. But before we do that, let me just offer a word from today's episode sponsor. Our listeners often ask us what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FE, PE, or SE exam. Hands down, we recommend PPI. If you plan to take your exam soon, we have a special promo code for listeners of our podcast. Use promo code COACH for 15% off your order at PPI to pass.com forward slash coach. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass. Dot com forward slash coach and use promo code COACH at checkout for a 15% discount on your order. PPI's mission is simple. They want to help engineers pass the FE, PE, and SE exams and advance their careers, just like our goal is here at the Engineering Career Coach. Quality is paramount at PPI. In fact, it is the driving force behind everything they do. With best-selling exam review materials developed by PPI founder Michael Lindenberg and other experts in the industry... They have been the source and solution for passing the FEP and SE exams for more than 40 years. To see how PPI can help you pass your exam and for special offers and discounts exclusive to our podcast listeners, visit ppi forward slash coach. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com forward slash coach. All right, so we're going to try this out here, and we we haven't uh, rehearsed this or sketched this out at all, but we're just going to kind of just challenge these guys in the moment here to come up with an idea of a flywheel for you're in a professional organization, services provider, and you want to move up in the company. So we're going to try to help you put together a wheel that will help you do that. And really, this is just an example. You can hopefully apply this to different aspects of your career and life. What do you got here, Will, so far?
1: To work your way up in a company or to build your engineering career, The first thing I put down is broaden the number of mentors that you have and the network that you have. So the more people you're learning from, the more people within your office that you can bounce ideas off of collaboratively, that would be a good first step from day one to learn what's expected of you and what's expected of somebody in the engineering profession. So build or broaden or or expand the number of mentors you have in the size of your network within the industry would be number one for me the next one I have is more technical experience work on more types of projects there's two ways to get more technical experience work on more types of projects that's kind of a broaden your depth of experience or become more specialized in the types of projects you're working on which uh, really narrows down your field but really adds depth to the level of knowledge and expertise that you have in that field. So more project experience either through project types or specialized within a specific discipline. Another one that I came up with Anthony just while we were talking is broaden your non-engineering talents. So take time to improve your writing, take time to improve your speaking, take time to improve your communication both within your office and from your office to the outside world, whether the outside world is other co-consultants or city reviewers or your clients or other engineers who are critiquing your design. If you can communicate more effectively with them, that's a great way to push on a career building flywheel.
0: So we got broaden your mentors, uh, your network and your mentors. We got improve your technical skills and we've got improve your non-engineering skills, which is a lot of the skills we talk about here on the show, communication, writing, speaking. So those are good three on the wheel. Russell, you, you have any that you can come up with for rising up in a,
2: in a company? You know, I think uh, that's interesting because we, obviously Will and I are not in the same place, but we wrote almost the exact same things down here. So the one step I put in there that, uh, or a couple of things I put in there that were slightly different is, you know, as you develop your technical skills, one of the things that allows you to go expand your network or develop on your soft skills or non-engineering skills is becoming efficient at the position that you're in, making sure that you're taking responsibility for that position and that you're giving yourself the ability to go spend time developing your network and your soft skills without relinquishing your current job duties. That's one of the things I've seen here at our firm and, and in other places that have prevented people from being successful maybe they're doing some things that push them up but they're also missing some things that they're expected to do so the only thing i added into mine is that you know i put develop your technical skills become efficient to be able to take on new responsibilities like expanding your network and educating yourselves in soft skills which then turns around into giving yourself more responsibility in the technical realm and then you can kind of just keep pushing that around awesome so good job guys
1: I've got two more things on the flywheel, Anthony. Number one, learn from mistakes. No engineer is perfect, but you shouldn't make the same mistake twice. So learn from your mistakes and learn from the mistakes of the other people around you. Just because someone did it wrong doesn't mean it's not a learning moment. You can learn just as much from a mistake or a problem than you can from watching someone do it right. And that goes with the technical design and with something soft skills like management. Not every manager you have will be an effective manager. Learn why they're not effective so that you don't fall into those traps. If you have an effective manager, soak up everything you can and learn what makes them so effective and so good at doing their job. So apart from learning from mistakes, the very first thing we said to push on was find more mentors and expand your network. Well, the very last thing you need to be pushing on, especially as you really mature in your career, is teaching others. The more that you are sharing your experience with the next generation or a younger generation of of engineering talent, the more you're going to know about what you're doing, the more you're going to be looked at as an authority within your office, and the more confident and knowledgeable you'll be about your area of specialization. So teach others, learn from your mistakes, I would say are the last two things on that build your career flywheel.
0: I think that's a great last point, Will. I mean, look at you got two guys here that are, you know, executives, they're building this company, they're taking the time here to just spend half an hour with me to help all of you in your career, which I think is great, even regardless of whether you're an executive, whether you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, my take on this is that you can always help somebody. So if you're three years out of school, there's an engineering senior somewhere that could probably get a lot of advice from you. So I think it's important to help people in your career at all stages of your career and don't fall into the trap that, you know, you got to be a vice president of a company before you can mentor someone because, If we do that, then there's going to be a lot of people out there that aren't getting the help that they need. So please keep that in mind. I want to thank you guys both again kind of coming on, and we did this kind of flywheel on the run here, and I think it worked out pretty well. And remember, we're going to have the show notes for today's show. We're going to be at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash flywheel. The show notes will contain a summary, of the key points discussed, as well as links to any resources, websites, or books mentioned during the show. And please feel free to put questions in as well, and if I can't answer them, I can kick it over to to Will and Russell and see if they can pop an answer in there. Again, it'll be engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash flywheel. Guys, thanks for taking the time today.
1: Do you want to go over the resources, Anthony?
0: Yeah, sure. What resources do we have?
1: We mentioned the book Good to Great by Jim Collins, The Everything Store, the Amazon.com story. The name of the book is The Everything Store It's Worth Reading and then if you don't want to read a whole book, if you just want to look at it for a couple of minutes online, all you have to do is search for Amazon Flywheel or Jim Collins Flywheel and you'll see pages upon pages of search results that uh, cover individual's blog posts or other stories about how the flywheel has related to their business and how they interpret the flywheel theory in their own world. So. This is not something that's unique to Big Red Dog. It's not something that's unique to Russell and I, and it's not something that's unique to Amazon. Almost every successful company, whether they realize it or not, are pushing a flywheel to create that success.
0: All right, so I hope everyone enjoyed the flywheel theory. I'm looking forward to your feedback, and until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.